Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. I want to say thank you to everyone who supports us. Special shout out to all the students from Buy the Hood University as well as the youth from the Buy the Hood ownership camp. This year's camp was a major success. The biggest camp we've had thus far. And we will be back next year for year eight. So stay, uh, stay tuned for more information about that. My partner, Corey, is not with me today. He's actually out working with some youth right now. But you guys know that our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work in the community, building businesses, you know, um, just real black excellence is what we try to highlight, man. And this brother I have on right now, man, I'm so excited to have him here. We got Corwin Jackson on, man. Um, how are you, good brother? First and foremost. Hey, man, I, I'm doing well, man. I'm just I'm not sure how I made it on this platform, but some, something's going right for me to get here. <laughs> well, listen, before I even start into your story, man, yeah. I got to tell a story about um uh, your your business. Right. Um, yeah. You're one of my favorite black owned businesses. And I'm going to tell you why. Right. That's awesome, man. I've been using your services literally for years, like probably. Over, uh, how long you've been in business with, um, with Core Inspection? We launched back in 2014. We didn't really get traction until 2015 or so. I probably used you within your first year of business. Well, That's it was awesome. a recommendation, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why um, your business is one that I always speak highly of, whether you're in the room or you're not in the room. And I've said it on several uh, podcasts, actually mentioning your business. I'm gonna I, tell I, you. Know, I know you're not bluffing or capping like the young guys say. <laughs> I, I saw you announce it on stage one time, man. Oh, yeah, but I, I but, said, "Wow, man!" That, that but I'm was, explaining to you why, though. I'm yeah. explaining to you why. I was recommended your company. And I did business with your company and it was so, um, the customer service was A1. The product was A1. The reporting yep. was A1. The communication yep. between the inspector and me was A1. This is before I even knew who you were. And at the time, I didn't even know it was a black owned business, right? So, <laughs> but it was such a quality service that when I found out it was a black owned business, I literally took like a sense of pride in that. You That's know what I mean? Awesome, because man. within our community, a lot of times um, you hear people say like, oh, you know, um, I ain't doing business with y'all. The customer services that you hear all those negative things, right? And and it's not to say that those things don't exist, but we tend to scream louder when we don't like something. And I say, look, when I find something I do like, <clears throat> and it's one of my people, I'm going to shout about that. So before even knowing that it was your business, um, just the way you guys do business is a one. And then before we even tell your story, I just want to congratulate you on that and say thank you because I take a sense of pride in your company. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, it's been a long journey to get there, and you know I, I can't tell you that you know we started off this way. Um, you know you, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. One of the things I had to learn quickly was guess what? You can't do this thing by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you cannot. You know I think one of the things that we're challenged with as um, as black owners, particularly new entrepreneurs. You know, as that money is coming in, and I and I I failed at this during you know some of my first um some of my first attempts at, at different businesses. But you know, as that money's coming in, you got to reinvest that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, this, this isn't, hey, you know, the company generated um, 100,000, I'm going to spend 90. No, if the company generated 100,000, you could probably put 20% of your pocket, you know, but if you want to be in a, um, if you want to be marketing strongly, then guess what? Seven, 17 to 20% needs to go back to just that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to have a good culture within your employee base, then 50% of what you're making needs to go back into the employees, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Whether it's training, whether it's hiring, whether it's employee salary, um, you're going to have legal things come up that that 50% I also allocated there. So really just understanding your, um, you know, and I'm saying it and I, before I say this, I'm going, I'm going to also say, uh, you know, my, my bookkeeper friend and accountant is probably going to hear this. I know I've been dodging him for about 30 to 60 days, but <laughs> you, really, you really need to have um, a really strong understanding of, of your numbers and you need to be meeting with your bookkeeper, you know, once a month. And the transition comes where you where you use those numbers, what happened last month to give you direction of what you should be doing the next 30 to 60 days not just an understanding how the money was spent right but just an understanding from an accounting perspective what you should be doing you know moving moving forward because there are huge stories to tell um you know and looking and looking back at uh, your books over the past couple of weeks so and, and these are things that you learned along the journey right come on man i i knew this stuff the day i was born man <laughs> But here's what I tell you. Yeah, absolutely. I learned this along the journey, but mine's the journey became a little bit quicker because, um, you know, one of of the things that we have now, um, you know, that we we don't we don't uh, we don't utilize as often as we should is guess what? Most of the things that we are trying to do, you know, whether you want to be a professional athlete, whether you want to be a um a, a doctor if you want to um be an entrepreneur whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish guess what there are tons of people that that that, that came before you right mm-hmm. um and i know sometimes in your market you may not be able to find a let's say you wanted to be a a uh a fire suppression expert right you wanted to design and install sprinkler systems well you probably won't find someone in your market that's ready to share all that information with you, particularly in, within a niche market. But guess what? You better believe there's somebody in Dallas that's doing it well. There's somebody in uh, Columbus, Ohio that's doing it well. There's somebody in Tennessee. So, you know, simply mm-hmm. do that research, um, find out who those market or industry leaders are in other areas, and then take, you know, take the time to go out there. Um, here's what I'll tell you, Jimmy. Like, I'm in a lot of different uh, mastermind groups, and I know um you know before i meet with these groups that we're only going to be three to five percent in terms of the our culture that's there you know Mm -hmm. so as a as a community as a culture we don't take the money and it gets back into the investment thing um that we were talking about in business you got to invest in yourself as if it's a business right so typically we're not spending the money to invest in ourselves to get us to the next level right we, we mm-hmm. all, you know, um, whether it's, uh, you know, again, whether you want to do something as, as an athlete and now you need a coach to get you a next the next level, a, a private coach, right? 
So, you know, me and a, and a close partner of mine, Robert Battle, we were looking at launching a YouTube um, channel where we started bringing in some of the top uh, realtors, you know, in the area. And we just mm -hmm. started, started, we called it uh, a, a mat, real estate masterclass. One of the first things we did was bring in a coach, right? What should the room look like? You know, what type of equipment should we use to, to film this thing on, right? Somebody that's already been there and done and been successful at it because guess what um you, you're going you, you irregardless you're going to make some mistakes but you want to minimize those yeah, mistakes yeah. That, those mistakes that you make well let me ask you a question let's start from the beginning but let's start from yeah. how you even got into the business right so where were you born and raised hey man i'm from logan 10th and lindley so okay 10th and lindley 10th and lindley avenue yeah logan so if you think about the, that neighborhood where you know they they know us as all them blocks that were sinking um you know a lot, a lot of the houses were knocked down in fact some most of them are, have, are still removed yeah that's that's where i'm born and raised at okay so what kind of student were you coming up um i'll tell you what man here here here's something that um very few people know unless unless you knew me from back when and many people will be shocked to know man i actually went in i was actually reform school for a couple okay. of years yeah from um probably i think the sixth grade through the through the eighth grade and then I entered back in high school and, um, you know, as a, as a freshman, I think the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. What school, high school did you uh, attend in Philly? Hey, Northeast, Northeast high school, man. I'm a Viking. Uh, Northeast. You, guy. I'm, a, you know I'm, a central guy. I'm a central guy. So, you, you know. know that well, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but, 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 um, so let me ask you this question though. So, yeah. so you went to Northeast for high school. Was entrepreneurship something that you learned as a kid? Was it in your family or? Like, how did you, uh, was it something you always wanted to do or what were your plans when you were in Northeast? Here's what's interesting, man. Um, you know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad was a hustler's hustler, man. And I, I, he was the guy where, you know, we would be driving back from North Carolina. We would bump into a store that said Nike's for sale, $5. And I'm not talking about nice Nike's. I'm talking about purple Nike's, like just straight up. <laughs> The shoestrings, everything is is purple. And he would say, you know what? I bet I can buy them for $5 and I could sell them for 50 right? Mm -hmm. Everybody in the neighborhood was wearing purple sneakers. He was that guy. He was the guy that would, you know, buy a bunch of Christmas trees and him and his buddies, they would set up shop somewhere and, and, and get them off. So, um, he was involved in real estate you know he had we had a, i would have my weekend spending with him i didn't appreciate it at the time but you know he was the landlord that's going by taking his sons with him doing the repairs picking up rent okay. checks i would hear the complaints and you know i can remember telling my dad you know what one day you know when i get older i'm going to go to i'll go to real estate school he said well if you pay attention you in it right now mm. you, know? Mm. you know he was he was but um I really did not see that for myself in terms of, all right, I know when I get older, I'm going to go into, uh, you know, work, work for myself. Um, I have older brothers that launched uh, HVAC companies, plumbing companies and stuff like that. And Jimmy, because I'm so hard headed, watching them do it and watch them be successful. I still didn't see it for myself. <laughs> wow. So what was the journey like? So the journey to get you from from there to like, you know, having what you have now when you were in Northeast, what was the next step after Northeast? So after Northeast, I went right into, uh, I went right into the Marine Corps. Okay. 
I went right into the Marine Corps. When I say right, if we graduated um, June 1st by June 16th, I had my foot, my feet on those yellow footprints, as they call it. So how did that, how did the yeah. Marine shape you? Like, how did that impact I, you? I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I needed that more than, than anything else, man. Because, you, you know, you're at that age where, you know, when you turn 18, you need to have very specific direction you need to have your, your days need to be organized if not you know how we are as uh as young men we're going to go out and we're going to we're going to get ourselves into some trouble right mm -hmm. so i needed that i needed to learn about leadership i needed to learn about uh responsibility um you know all all all, all of those things but really there's just the leadership skills that came out of it i could tell you where the challenge became i think i was sharing this on a different podcast here recently, you know, most in most in uh, most cases, when you know you exit the military, they don't always give you skills that are immediately translatable to the outside world, right? Once you get out, so mm -hmm. we all have these huge, um, huge schemes and dreams and thoughts that hey, once I get out of the military, there's a big job waiting for me somewhere. I'm going to be a manager or or, um, you know, it's going to pay 100% for school, all of those things. But what happens is, and in the military, that's called going from green to blue. Because when you think blue, you think of the corporate world, we're in a tie. So you go from your green fatigues to corporate blue, right? And, okay. and we all think that that's going to be such an easy transition. But the challenge becomes, you know, like I was in field artillery um, within in the Marine Corps, you know, um, uh, OID 11 stuff, grunt stuff, guns, stuff, all that type of stuff. So unless you're jumping right into uh, law enforcement or, um, you know, some something dealing with corrections, it doesn't immediately translate. Got so, you. you know, the challenge becomes, hey, I'm now out of the Marine Corps. In my mind, I have a resume that's really strong. But, you know, the hiring managers are looking at it. And guess what? I don't have anything that translates to the outside world. Okay. So, yeah. So, so now, yep. I'm listening. So now, you know, you know, the challenge becomes you're looking at your peers, and many of them already launched a great career in trades, or they have their bachelor's degree, moving forward to their master's degree. And then I started learning more about real estate. I was always fascinated with real estate, um, and I and my thought was the best way to start gaining ground and catching up with people financially is to start investing in property, start buying properties, fixing them up, flipping them. Um, my dad wasn't around anymore at that time. He had passed away while I was in the Marine Corps. But those conversations remain where, hey, you, you know, you need to think about being your own boss. You want to control your time. You want to leverage your money to buy real assets, that type of deal. So mm -hmm. I got deeply involved. I was I was uh, buying houses, flipping them, renting them out. Um, but the challenge was, Jimmy, I did not have the uh, managerial background. Okay. So it's funny the way the way everything kind of played out. You know, when I came out of Marine Corps, I had the leadership stuff. But just in terms of dealing with people, just to, just in terms of directing people, just in terms of, um, you know, motivating people, uh, I still needed that experience to start just in a corporate world. Mm -hmm. Right. So while I was investing in real estate, I was working on logistics for um, many years. And that's where I started to get that background. You know, I started as an um, actually a forklift driver and went all the way up to the director of operations where I was managing. Um, at the time, I think my last stop was a, uh, a paint manufacturer and distributor. 
right? Okay. So I'm managing a ton of employees. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm doing a lot of things. Um, but again, my passion was real estate, right? So we know, you know, when when your passion is real estate, what does what is it that people always say when you wanna um, when you wanna go on a uh, real estate full time? Just be a realtor. This yeah, so get your license. Go get your license. Yeah. You'll make so much money. Well, I, I actually had some friends that were realtors. Um, so I knew that wasn't the case. And I knew that my personality uh, did not quite fit with um, driving people around for four hours, five hours. Guess what? If I show you six homes, you better buy one of them. <laughs> you can talk about that first three, four, three or four. Yeah, you, you couldn't see the bathroom in the pictures. Uh, the the block isn't what you thought, but guess what? After that six house, yeah, you gonna sign on one of these. Families. You know the funny the worst the worst part about that is, in my experience, right, um, is when you do that, you show someone ten houses, they always end up going back to the first one anyway. How about I think that? I'm go back to the first one. I'm like, we, 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 I just wasted, just wasted yeah. days showing you like ten yeah. other ones. But and then yeah. you know, with the climate that we've been in, you know that first one that you saw, that's not available anymore. Yeah, it's the going now. These days, that's going. So, yeah. So yeah. um and then like dealing with one of my own properties or just dealing with properties, I started meeting um home inspectors and I said, Wow, this is a new industry, something I'm not familiar with. And I can remember my conversation with these guys is do you do this all day? Like is this your only and they would say, Yeah, you know, pretty much is home inspector is a big industry and and that's all I do. And I said, Wow, so when I'm buying properties, I'm actually getting on the roof. I'm actually looking into the electric panel, the foundation. At that point, as an investor, I had some just a lower tier understanding of the functionality of a house. So I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, do- I'm, do- I'm doing this anyway just for my own personal portfolio. Um, so why not turn this into something that I'm doing, you know, for for, for, for clients. And I was really just, uh, just amazed uh, when I started to learn more about the home inspection industry and just how, how busy these, these folks are. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, with that, I kind of, um, became interested in it and, and, and never really looked back. So how did you get to having your own? Did you go work somewhere first or you just went right into like, I need to set up my own. How'd that work out? Yeah, I, I work, I worked for someone and I signed a, what was a very, um, very nervous. Uh, it was a nerve wracking agreement where I paid the person to train me. And now guess what? You know how to do inspections, but you don't know anything about the marketing side. You know, you don't know anything about how the reports are written out. You don't know you're, 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 you're simply a tech, right? Okay. So I wasn't really, um, able to go into business for, for myself. So then the conversation was, you know what, I'll give you some tips on where to meet people. Um, you can use all of our branded material. You can use our brochures. You can direct people to our website. So you're free to go and hunt, right? You're free to go and catch your own fish. But whatever you catch, I need 50% of that, uh, right? Okay. Okay. So that's where, that's where, so it was either that or, hey, I have to go out and figure everything out on my own. Um, and I wasn't really ready to do yet, do that yet. Yeah. So, But a couple of things you said, though, interesting as we have this talk is, um, you know, when you went and worked in with the forklift and everything, you were using these different um, job opportunities to pick up skills to then transfer to your own thing. Were you cognizant of that's what you were doing or it just it's something that happened? And you look back later like, wow, I picked this up there. Definitely, definitely not. Um, I just knew that... Uh, 
I just knew that each of those companies, it didn't feel like home. Okay. It didn't feel like a place that I, I wanted, I wanted to stay at. Um, so no, I wasn't, I wasn't smart enough to understand that I was being groomed for something greater at a, you know, at a, at a, at a later date. Um, you know, I just knew that if something was going to happen, I kind of had to take the risk, jump out there. It's a, it's, it's the old thing of what, what holds us all back, which is fair. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Because if you know the the what's crazy is, I had other folks in my family that grew their wings and just jumped. I mean, they jumped and just grew their wings on the way down. Mm-hmm. Where you know I'm I'm picking up information from here, picking up information from there, and it was really them that kept pushing. Like, dude, what are, what are you waiting on? You know, mm-hmm. some of the, some of these things you can kind of kind of learn as we're heading down the road. You know, you know, rock, rocking and rolling. So. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. So now you you start your own. You have your core inspections. Um, yeah. I, and, you, and you talked about how you had to grow into what you've become. Absolutely. Um, so uh, along that journey, like, uh, tell us about maybe one or, or two hurdles that you had to get you from like you know um, starting out to where you are now. Oh man, I could tell you, man. It, it, my my thought was, um, I could tell you what I thought would be easy about this business, and it's funny. Right before we call, I was in. I had a meeting with my, uh, my the guy that handles my marketing. Um, I thought that you know we would just print up some brochures, put those brochures in a real estate office because guess what? Realtors are going to know people that have um, that are doing home inspections, and I can remember very vividly. I'm excited about my brochures. Oh man, they they, they I'm a bit biased, but I think they look great. <laughs> I walked them into a real estate office and guess what was there to meet me? About 20 other brochures, mm-hmm. you know, all same, co- some of them with the same color scheme as mine, many of them with the same services of mine, many of them with the same cost of mine, right? So um, what I didn't understand was uh, a keyword brand differentiator, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, people are looking at this thing as a, uh, a five bag commodity. Right. So if I'm a five bag, if I'm a five pound bag of sugar and you're a five pound bag of sugar. Right. You look at the cost for all to be the same. Right. So just 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 understanding how do you separate your company, particularly within a saturated market. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we and and I think just understanding that, guess what? We have competitors. Right. Always that that thought alone always just forces me to push, raise the bar just a little bit higher, just a little bit higher. So what, what was the first thing you did to kind of like cut through and, and to, to get, you know, people to start using your brand or service? Like what was the first thing that you figured out to get um, some traction going? Figuring out how you can, um, you know, you're not, you're not asking for business, but you are, I guess we want to say two things. One, stop marketing to people and start connecting with like-minded people. You know, if that if that makes sense. So what are what are some of the things that I enjoy? Right. That naturally I'm hanging out in those places. Could okay. I potentially turn that into a business play? Right. Um, the, the 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 people that I'm typically hanging around, are they in real estate? Right. Is there some is there something of value that I can give them? All right. Cool. We got something. I have a friend who's a realtor. He's doing a home buyer seminar. Would it be helpful if I went there and did a presentation on on home inspections? 
Absolutely. I can tell you there was a time where almost every weekend I was um, I would have an inspection set up followed by a presentation. You know, so and then and and where that becomes scary for many people is that's not you're you're not generating income doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So just understanding, all right, the income's going to come, but let's get there. Let's build the relationship. Right. Let's 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 build that relationship. So, um, you know, really working on presentation skills, uh, being it being available when people need me and just just making a conscious effort to have some type of speaking engagement, you know, twice a week is, re- is, is really what did it. Yeah, got you. And like I said, what I love most about your uh, your company is the communication and customer service. Right. So is that something that you um you you, you know, intentionally focused on? Or you just got the right people or, or is it something that you guys actually train on like we got to be you know good with customer service we, we train on it but one thing's one of the one of those things happened by mistake so um you know home inspections is really a young industry you know home inspections didn't get started until like the 1980s um most i would say probably 80 percent of the companies that are still around are mom and pop shops right meaning mm-hmm. You got a guy that's out doing an inspection and he may have his wife or someone close to him that might be answering the phones. Most of them have all of the calls coming to their cell phones. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when I started to look at uh, multi-inspector firms, they either had a, a person in-house answering the phones or they had some type of call answering service. Got you. Right. So the thought was you have to either invest heavily in marketing immediately or that back back office support thing. And I said, man, this is this is why it was a kind of a an, a, a, a mistake, but it, it, it happened. It, it happened by mistake. I'm a guy. I don't like spending a lot of time on the phone. You mm-hmm. know, if my if my if my wife calls me, as she often does, she knows. Hey, babe, tell me what you need. Oh, I'm and the I'm same way. I'm the same way. You know, whoever it could be, my best friend, my brother, like I said, my wife. It doesn't matter. Just let me know what you need, and I'm going to be on with a productive day. And if we need to sit on the phone for a minute to hammer it out, it's not a quick answer. That's fine. But I'm I'm looking for specifics. You know, when 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 you call me. So with that being said, Jimmy, I'm not the best person to be answering the phone. It doesn't. It doesn't (laughs) fit my. So when someone said, hey, you, you can retain 15 to 20 percent to remain profitable, we need to start allocating the other funds that you bring in. The first thing I said was, let me get a customer service person, right? Okay. Either either a call center or, uh, you know, some someone someone in house. Um, and just, you know, right in line with that, I'll tell you. For a long time, this industry has. The first thing the, the first thing we went through is really educating people on why they need a home inspection. Mm-hmm. That was the first piece. Like, man, I'm buying a house. It looks great. Why don't I need, why do I need a home inspection? The home inspection industry went through that drill for the first 15 to 20 years, really just educating the consumer base. So any brochure you, you looked at, it would say, here is why you need us, right? Mm-hmm. So after that phase, a lot of different home inspection companies started to be profitable. They started to grow. Now you got a couple two-man teams out here. You got people that um, are just making a strong living, you know, with home inspections. 
The next piece they went into with, with, with heavily just marketing, getting involved with social media, um, email blasts, um, different print ads. We became, um, we became really smart in marketing as an industry. Mm -hmm. What we what I believe we're transitioning to and what I'm trying to be on the forefront of is the customer service piece. Right. Because the thought the thought is, all right, the guy came out, he did a home inspection. Now he doesn't know me anymore. You know, what if we have a question about the report? What if we need additional costs for some of the things that, that he found during the inspection? Let's 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 we're going to back up from there. Typically, with our industry, you don't meet the home inspector until after you pay him and he comes out. So mm -hmm. the first face for the company is who? The inspector. It is. You'll meet him or, when you come out, but it's typically yeah, when that you, person you call. Yeah, the call center. When you call to schedule it, yeah. That's the first touch point, right? So, you know, for many years, we didn't invest in that. I'm not saying core inspection group. I'm, I'm saying the home inspection company, home inspection industry as a whole. So you would either get someone's voicemail, um, you're waiting for a call back, just horrible customer service. And guess what? There's a lot of people that still operate that way, right? Yeah. Um, what I was talking about with you guys is you not only have the call part down, but even like so recently I, I you should use your company. And um, yeah. you know, my client had a question. She called the inspector, he got right on the phone with her and I like, gave her an education. And I'm like, okay, so you guys got the customer service on the front end, but also the back end where your inspectors don't mind taking time explaining their work. Absolutely. Crit crit critically important. You know, it's funny. So I sat in a team meeting the other day. Um, you know, we're just now really getting back to in-house team meetings. We've been doing all of them virtually. And I went around the room and I said, okay, how many times do you get a request to call the client back in a week? And I'm going each inspector, each inspector. And it came out that maybe twice a month, our guys are getting a call to, hey, this guy has a client. I say, if it's only happening twice a month, why aren't we calling a guy back that day? Mm -hmm. It's only happening twice a month. It, it, there's so many areas, Jimmy, where you know you we, we can dig in to find where, where we need to improve at. Um, you know, for us, it's, uh, it's customer service, it's been at the forefront for technology. So, you know, we invest in um, all of our guys are certified uh, thermographers. What that means is they, they can use infrared cameras to detect thermal anomalies. Why is that important to a client? Because a lot of times you can have a leak that's on a ceiling, but it's not, it's not visible to the naked eye. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you can have an issue with a radiator, an issue with a forced air heating system. Even an, uh, an electric panel, we, we find overheating electrical wires often. And we do that because of the, you know, the technology that we're, we're, we're able to um, invest in. There was a time, I think most of the industry is caught up to us by now, but there was a time where, you know, we'll head out with a 48-foot with a extension ladder. And guess what? If that roof is too high for us to hit with it, or if there's something going on with the walkway is uneven, we'll tell them, hey, you have to find a roofer that can go out here to figure out what's going on with the roof. Now we'll send out a drone or we'll send out a manager with a camera pole. It's just, you know, it's just the ability to 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 answer the call. Hey, what, what are the things that we're not doing right? Where can we change? Where where can we invest? All, all, all those types of things. So man, that's that's yeah. amazing. Man. And you guys are doing a, uh, like I, I can't like, you know, give you enough props, man. You guys are doing a great job out here. 
yeah. um, make, making us all look good. But let me ask you this question. What has been the most rewarding part of this journey with uh, starting core inspections? What do you think is the most rewarding part for you? Oh man, that's easy, man. Sometimes we get, we get, um, guys that come in from a different industry. Like I had a guy that came in, he was an appraiser. I had a guy that we're working with that was an architect. Um, both of them do faults on their own just because of things that's happening within their industry. They had to find something else to do. Mm -hmm. You know, my guy, that's an architect. He was saying like a lot of times, like those plans, once you make one, it's already already been duplicated a thousand times. This is a guy that was doing new construction homes. He was saying people can just buy the software now. You know, it's not it's not a need for that. Mm -hmm. um, our person that came in that was doing appraisals. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with what's going on with the appraisal industry, but typically the mortgage company is going to order one, but yeah. they can't select the company. Yep, I have I have a valuation license myself. I worked in the industry, so I I, I understand. Like in the past, you could choose your own appraiser. You can choose yeah. your own appraiser. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, everything that happened with, with with the prime is you you can't do that anymore. So being able to introduce them into a new industry, my guy that was an architect, he just completed one thousand six hundred inspections with us. Wow, he's been on board with us for four years now. Wow, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. I had a guy, he he had an HVAC, he was a uh, HVAC tech. And this guy was super, you know, super nervous. And and from him, it became no longer a, a job offer, but a recruitment initiative for me, because I knew if we could bring this guy in, we could quickly bring him up to speed and it's a better lifestyle. Um, so just being able to introduce people into the home inspection industry you know, and just really give them, watch them make a career out of it. You know, really just watch them work, make a career out of it because there is a lot of, um, we don't work in a very fast paced environment. Mm -hmm. We just work in a time sensitive environment, right? Mm -hmm. Where um, the reports need to be back at a specific time, right? They need to pick up the radon monitors at a specific time. But these guys are really working independently. They can easily go 30 days without physically seeing myself or another um, another inspector from our company. Got you, got you. So you know, so you, you talk about like investing into yourself, into your business, how you just like you know you reinvest profits back into um, you know creating a bigger and better company. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite book or something that's helped you along your journey that helped you you know um, grow as a business person? There's been there's been a, there's been a few of them. Um, I could tell you, um, Outliers by Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell is powerful. Oh yeah, yeah, ten thousand hours. And I I can remember as a kid, uh, reading books and trying to understand like when someone went from just normal, mediocre. I mean, I would I would read Gail Sayers' autobiography at the time. I would read stuff about Einstein. I would read just different books, and I would try to figure out like when did this guy make the leap? Like when did Jordan really become Michael Jordan? Yeah. yeah. When did that? When did it? Try to understand it, and I could never quite find it. What was getting away from me is just how hard these people were working. Mm -hmm. So what stood out in Outliers, I felt like I finally got that question answered directly, not with me just figuring it out. Yeah. He was saying that, you know, in this country, people pay really well for experts. Yes. People pay really well for experts. And what constitutes an expert? Mm 
in this country is typically 10 years. There's 10 years of committed, dedicated service, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're just looking for like, and, and, and Jimmy, you see it happen so many times. You see it happen so many times. Someone is working on something with a lot of passion. They're into it. Um, you know, they may be building an insurance firm. Mm-hmm. Now they hear about Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that, that. That's all they want to do. Um, you see it happen um, so so many times. They may be a realtor. Now they hear about tourism. And let yeah, me see this. See the next. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Bitcoin, you can make as much money as you want to make. I'm going to assume because in most industries you can. Mm-hmm. I'm sure with that rental car app tourism, you can make as much money as you want as you want. But I'm sure. If you put a high level of passion into any of those industries and you're dumping your own sweat equity and your, with your own dollars behind it, right, you're going to get to the same destination. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. And and that's 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 interesting, because when we see people mm-hmm. like whether it's an athlete, it could be an entertainer, like we'll mm-hmm. see Beyonce on stage and say, oh, my gosh, she's amazing. Not recognizing the just the amount of work and time she put into being that great. Or even in business, right? When we see you, like you know, come out and speak, or or talk about the history of, um, you know, uh, home inspections, um, and even using your product, right? And I'm and I'm all, like I said, I'm always bigging you guys up, but I'm only seeing the end result of all the years and investment that you put into your business. Yeah, it's the same, yeah, concept, right? You you've invested a lot of money and a lot of time into making your company as efficient and as good as it is. But what we absolutely. see is the end, what we see is the end result. Yeah, so really, that's that's why I go back to that book, Outliers, man, where it just, you know, it 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 really dives in into yeah. you know into into what it takes, hours and hours, you know, days mm-hmm. and days, weeks and weeks, years and years, and we're just at that pace as a um you know as a human race where, Jimmy, let me tell you something. I ordered something online yesterday, something custom, online yesterday around twelve noon. I got a message on my phone that says at my front doorstep, like mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> wow. So we're we're just at that time where we want we we want immediate gratification, immediate results. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and but you're right though, that 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 hyper focus. I remember a teacher telling me years ago, um, just look at look at uh medicine. Mm-hmm. You see, like a general surgeon will have a certain salary, but when someone specializes and becomes a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon, or they only work, you know, um, whatever it may be. Those salaries are a lot higher because they're able to hype. Exponentially hyper- higher. Yeah, yeah, Exponentially yeah. Higher. I tell you another thing I, I share, and, and just because they're local to us, um, I always bring them up. There's a company. It's in. I think I want to say Divine PA. It's somewhere. It's on a main line. They specialize in transmissions for Mustangs. That's all they do. <laughs> That's so 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 you're laughing because you know immediately like they they is there any question that they're the expert? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so if I have a Mustang, yeah, if I have a Mustang, guess who I'm gonna call? Don't call me for anything else, right? And mm-hmm. so around the country, you know, they are known for that. People will ship them in and out. That's that's all they do. So the challenge is, and I could tell you as a business owner, I'm struggling with it now. Um I wanna say the name of the book was Blue Ocean, but it talked about like niches, like people. You really get 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 bigger, and you can really generate a lot of income with if 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 that is your niche, mm-hmm. right? If if all you did was uh, lead paint removal, 
if all you did was asbestos removal, if, if, if all you did was repair high income, that is the guy for that. Yeah. Right? That's the guy that's going to do it the fastest. That's all that's all he's focused on. The challenges for business owners, we feel like we have to answer the call to so many things. And if not, the client may go elsewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So now, sure, we do home inspections, but guess what? We also have guys that are certified in termite, certified in radon. We got a sewer scope division because we're just being we, we're 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 being pulled in different directions. Yeah, I was on a coaching call the other day where um, there are a lot of people that are now doing uh, um, tank scans, meaning they can determine if you have a oil tank buried underground. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they do. They they do. There are some. Some of them are as large as a lawnmower. Others are as large. Others just almost look like a, a a a large wand, if you will. And when I looked at the report that the guy print out, he put a lot of stuff in his report that I would not have picked up picked up on, because I'm not trained in that area, right? So he he says, at one point you can tell. There were oil lines coming out of the home here, right? Mm -hmm. And I say that to say, I could very easily take a two-hour class to teach me how to do that, but I don't have enough clients that that's going to call me for it. That is worth it, yeah. So I don't think I would be an expert in that, right? Mm -hmm. So I, th I think we just gotta, we just have to be careful of when my my time is better spent. Just making sure we are running a smooth home inspection operation. Our, our home inspections are bar none, right? Um, so just just understanding that you don't have to offer every service out there. Yeah, yeah. What what are what are the services that your clients really need? Yeah, that's a, listen. This right. is a great conversation because, yeah. truth be told, and I, and I haven't really told anybody like when we started by the hood a while ago it was because. Um, as an agent, everybody was chasing the high-end listings out in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how By the Hood started. It was kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to specialize in this. I'm going to stick to the hood, and I'm just going to get all the yeah. listings over here while you guys go chase the million dollars. I'll just, you know, it, it, but the funny thing is, because of that brand and name, um, mm -hmm. a lot of clients I get now will call because of that. Like, because, yes. you know, but that that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Like, yeah. Down. like, this will be my niche yeah. as an investor and as an agent as well. So that's kind of how that came about. So that idea of yeah. niching is is very yeah. important to business owners to figure out. Yeah. What, what works well? What's in your DNA? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what's what's it? You know what? I got a, I got a brother that's a master plumber. I got another brother that's a licensed. Plumber. I've been on a lot of plumbing jobs. Launching a forensic drain inspection. A, for, a forensic um, forensic drain inspections isn't huge to us. Doing um, sewer scopes isn't huge to us, mm -hmm. right? I have a lot of different connections in the mold industry. Doing mold stuff like that—that's not huge to me, mm -hmm. um, you know. But when you start talking about pool inspections, I don't—I don't see a lot of pools. Got you. <laughs> I'm just not in an area where we see a lot of pools. Let me tell you, I could take a one-hour course. Send it off to Ashy. I'm now certified for that. I'll probably pick up an extra eight to ten thousand a year. Is that the best thing to do for our clients? No, it's not. You. Yeah. you know, it's to say, okay, if you need a pool inspection, here's a company that that have has treated our company our clients well, and here's the number you call. 
Got you, got you. So let me ask you this question, right? So you've built core to where it is, um, and and you know I can't praise you guys enough. We want to continue to do that. Um, but what does the future look like for you and your business? What are some of the things that you're looking to do in the future, or what do you what are you, what are you thinking about as we move forward? That's a that's a really good question, man. So some of the some of the things where I think um, you know a clients don't have enough information about are um, there isn't a great solution in place for them. Um, one of the roads that we're going to go down is doing mold remediation. So we had, we got another LLC that's getting ready to launch soon. There are a lot of homes that we're in that have mold issues, but not a good service provider, particularly that works closely within a real estate issue, real estate industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that matters is, you know, we talked about, you know, the real estate transaction being a very time sensitive environment. So what happens is a lot of times you call someone that, hey, if a roof has to get fixed, chimney has to get fixed, there is a uh, mold issue. Jimmy, you dealt with enough contractors. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you know how they work, right? Um, they're going to give you a time. They may be there or they may not be there at that time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you may text them and they may not get back to you, that type of thing. So I think just areas where we can better give clients a post inspection service um you know uh, is going to be um mold remediation issues um just oh, really that's, that's absolutely needed because like you know recently have a, i had a um a new rental property and you know how you have to get those mold inspections so yeah. um there were a lot of people that you know have mold inspection companies but i couldn't find too many mold like you know removal or remediation uh, companies yeah yeah and they there there are some out there but i think what what would be unique about us is when the client says well i think where people where most contractors um you know their side of the story is hey if someone tells me they need it done right away i know they're going to hang up the phone they're going to call for other people for other people right they're worried about the price shopping thing or the price gouging thing where you know, a lot of times people are just calling for the lowest cost service provider. So contractors are dealing with that. Um, you know, so I just think, you know, we have, we've been in the real estate industry long enough that we, we understand when a client says, yeah, I need it like yesterday, that they're under a contractual obligation. We need that. We need to respond quickly, mm-hmm. you know, that type of deal. So just in terms of other services or a, a different, um, you know, business that's going to partner this, that's one piece we're also looking at doing radon mitigation um and i think radon is still most people don't know radon is the second leading cause to lung cancer mm. i'll say it one more time because i know many times when people hear this i'm like wait 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 a minute what is radon is the second leading cause to lung cancer um where it gets a big a bit scary at is that you know we talked about people being price conscious about their inspections I would say probably 40 percent of the people that call us for a home inspection aren't getting a home tested for radon, right? Yeah. So, okay. So then the issue is, all right, you told me I have a radon issue. Where do I go next, right? Okay, I so see. That's what, yeah. So that's one area that we're, we're we're looking to answer the call, and I really think that you know we have a as you know we have a stronghold within the Philadelphia market. Mm-hmm. Um, we are starting to grow in the in the South Jersey market. But with me, the, the, the short term goal is, you know, com, com, uh, completing our footprint within a tri-state area. Got you. 
the same number of uh, home inspectors that we have available on the Pennsylvania side of the bridge, we have available in Delaware, we have available in Jersey. This is, this is an area where, you know, so many times I'll meet someone over in Jersey. Oh yeah, you know, we're actually, we actually just sold a house over in Pennsylvania. Jimmy, as you know, we got so many people that's moving from Pennsylvania down to Delaware. Yep. Right. So th this is an area where, you know, a lot of our, our realtors are really connecting the dots and they're now licensed in three states. The fourth state, and I can, I can tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not looking at it, but but I'm hearing it a lot. There's so many people getting licensed um, down in from Maryland now. It's yeah, a lot of going on. It is. It is. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So listen, this 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 has been awesome, man. Um, and and I do want to say thank you, uh, first and foremost, like you know, for your time because time is valuable, and you know, just want to say thank you for that. But also for everybody watching. Please make sure you check out Core Inspection. But I say it all the time. Listen, if you yeah. if you somebody looks like me and you're not using them, something's wrong with you. Because you know, outside of this being a good brother, um, they have the best product on the market. Like, so <laughs> there's no reason not to use them, man. And I and I can't you know speak highly of you enough because you know when you find someone that looks like you that has a business, I believe you're supposed to scream and shout about that the same way you do when you find something you don't like, right? Yeah, hey, I appreciate you. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I appreciate you, man. So yeah, there there are so many people that um, we haven't had the opportunity to work with, um, but I tell you guys, we provide exceptional service, and most importantly, we just have an amazing team of inspectors. We just have an amazing not not just inspectors, our our supporting cast from our our uh, client care folks to our relationship managers. We got we got an amazing team, and um, you know we we're, we're we're looking to build some relationships. So. If we can help in any way with your upcoming client clients, feel free to give us a call. Absolutely. And I will put all of Corwin's contact information within the description. So if you're listening to the audio, it'll be in the show notes. If you're watching the video, it'll be right in the description, um, social media and uh, information about the company. So please make sure you check out everything that he's got going on. Again, brother, uh, much continued success. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for giving us all the like gems that you've given us in terms of how you grew your business. Yes, sir. Take value from this. And to our audience out there, we appreciate you. As we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. And we'll see you guys in our next episode. But we appreciate you as always. Peace. Thanks, Jim. You're the man.